Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Acts chapter three, verse one, I want to start here. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So notice both of these individuals, two different scenarios, go into the same place, but for two different things. And it says, uh, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet, ankle bones, received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who sat begging uh, alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. You know, expectation is so important. Expectation is such a vital uh, key in principle uh, when, when we're believing God and, and especially, you know, walking into a new season, walking into a new year now, um, expectation is your preparation. Expectation is what happens on the inside before you see anything on the outside. And so uh, we have to be able to um, be people that are expecting be people that have an expectation that we prepare our hearts with an expectation for what God wants to do. And title of my message tonight is More Than You Ask For. More Than You Ask For. Uh, because I believe that, uh, you know, I'm not the only one that's come into this year and into this season with some things that I'm believing God for, some things that I'm looking for, uh, some promises that have yet to come to pass, and even some new expectations. Sometimes you got to get new expectations, amen? Sometimes we just, you know, can get ourselves in a rut of just expecting the same old thing. Um, but it's important to kind of set, you know, this time of year is a great time to set your heart towards, God, what do you want me to expect? You know, here's what I'm expecting. Here's what I'm believing for. But lay something new on my heart. Give me some new vision. Set something before me that I've never expected or seen before. We know Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We can all quote it probably on your refrigerator somewhere, but uh, we know that we serve a God that can do what? Immeasurably more than what we can what? Ask or think. Some uh, uh, versions say imagine, right? So you got to have an imagination. You got to be thinking. You got to be asking. You got to be setting yourself in a motion, in, in, in a motion where you are believing God or expecting something from him. But then God knows how to far exceed that. But what if in far exceeding it, he does something that you weren't expecting? What if he goes so far above and beyond that it actually 
put you on a course uh, that you had no intention of being on. And so what we have here is we have, to begin with, Peter and John, two individuals that are going to the temple to what? Pray. It, it tells us exactly what they were expecting to do. This was a, a practice of theirs. This wasn't anything uncommon. Uh, this wasn't like, you know what, we should uh, start going to the temple and praying. You know, that'd be important. No, they, they have, Jesus has gone and ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit has empowered them. In chapter two, we read about the Holy Spirit coming upon them and filling them and empowering them to do kingdom work. So they've got a newness on the inside, but they're doing the same things that they always did. And you know, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to keep doing what you've been doing just as much as, you know, sometimes we come into these new seasons and we wanna start switching up and adjusting everything, man. We wanna change our diets, we wanna change our health, we wanna change our finances, but the Holy Spirit wants to help you do some of the same patterns and behaviors and, and actions that you need to become stable in, that we don't need to shift. And so, you know, maybe being a good employee this year, the Holy Spirit wants to help you with that. Uh, maybe just uh, continuing to save or maybe continuing to invest in your marriage. Or, you know, sometimes we just automatically shift to what's all the new things. And the Holy Spirit's like, I just wanna help you be a good husband. I wanna help you keep being a good employer. I wanna help you keep, so what is it that the Holy Spirit wants to, this is not anything new for them. They are doing something different, but now with a different, or they're doing the same thing, but now with a different empowerment. Now with a different ability. And so Peter and John are just coming to the temple to pray, to do what they've always done. No, 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 nothing in regard showing us that their expectation is necessarily, we wanna see someone healed today. We wanna see someone delivered. They, we wanna see someone set free. Like sure, that's in the back of their mind and that's in their heart, but in this action alone, they're going to the temple to pray. Then we have a lame man going to the same place, but with a different expectation or with a different schedule, different agenda. He's there to what? He's there to beg. He's there to ask of others to help assist him in a need, uh, in a lack, in a deficiency. We actually used this story just a few months ago in our stretch series uh, when we were kind of highlighting what happens and what do we do in the midst of deficiency. And so this man has a deficiency and he's asking for others to help assist him with that. And so uh, both of these individuals come to the same place but with different expectations. But this is what's interesting. Peter and John simply make themselves available. And that's the key here, is their availability. Because one of the first statements that Peter says, he looks at him and he says, look at us, give us your attention. So he's trying to get the man's attention. And the first thing he says is, silver and gold, I have none. The first thing he highlights is what I do not have. You're looking for something, you're expecting something, and silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus, as we just sang, rise up and walk. So Peter and John knew we, we can do better than just meet your natural need. 
we can do better than just meet the expectation that you have of just another day sitting by this gate, just another day people passing by, just another day asking of alms and hoping that somebody, uh, you know, sees your travesty and sees your deficiency and sees your depravity and, and will help reach out to that. But we've got something even greater than what you're looking for. I'll tell you what, what God wants to do in your life this year is gonna start with your availability, not your ability. It's gonna start with you just being available to what does God wanna do? What is God saying? What is God speaking? How is God directing? Where is God leading? Who does God want me to talk to? What God wants to do in your life this year is gonna have more to do with your availability than your ability. In fact, I would put it this way. I would rather be unable than unavailable. I would rather lack competency. I would rather have a shortage. I would rather be deficient. I would rather uh, uh, be less confident in myself than to not be available to what God wants to do. I would rather be unable and available rather than being able, but unavailable. Throughout God's word, you, you see this concept, you see it, uh, 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 it's just Moses made himself available, wasn't able, I can't even speak. David was available, who am I but a shepherd boy to be a king of your people? Jesus was available, Paul was available. Although he was a murderer, He was available. And God's looking for people this year, your 2020, your year is is going to rest on you being available. Don't pray to God for the ability. Pray Pray to God for the availability. Pray to God for the opportunity and then watch him move in your life exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. It's him moving, it's him working, it's him empowering, it's him leading, it's him guiding. You just need to be available. You just need to be respondent to the voice of the Holy Spirit when he speaks. You know what, one of the, one of the things, and I was thinking about this the other day. Sometimes I think we make something that ought to be a byproduct a goal. Something that really is, is, is a spinoff of if I do this, I will accomplish this. I mean, most athletes, if you ask, uh, you know, any of the teams that are in the playoffs this year right now in the NFL as we're, you know, on that cusp and, and getting ready to go to the, if you ask any of them at the beginning of the year, what's the goal? What are they gonna say? Super Bowl. But what if they said our goal is to be a very tight uh, team? Our goal is to be healthy. Our goal is, is, is to run plays immaculately. Our goal is to be the best that we can be at our position. And then the byproduct is what? You win a Super Bowl. So I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know, one thing that I had been praying for recently is discernment because we're, we're, in, we're in the last days, if you haven't realized that. We're in the last of the last days. I mean, we're, it's, it's getting there. And discernment is going to be necessary. Spiritual discernment. Because stuff on the outside is going to look a lot different than what it really is. 
You're going to have a lot of uh, wolves in, in sheep's clothing. And I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about opportunities that are going to look like favor, and it's not. It's going to look like uh, uh, something that God would ordain, but it's not. We're going to have to have some discernment. But you know why I don't believe we have the level of discernment we ought to have? Because we lack in our prayer life. I believe a prayer life that is waning or diminished feeds a, a dangerous, a, a lack of discernment. And so I don't want to pray for discernment until I've worked on my prayer life. I want to develop a strong prayer life so that I'll be able to discern the heart of God. Because that's what prayer is. Prayer isn't reaching out to God with all my problems. Prayer is communing and talking with and being in a relationship with the heavenly father that wants to know you intimately and wants to talk to you. And it's not just telling him your stuff, but you ought to be spending a lot of time hearing his stuff. That's prayer. And then out of that, I'll begin to know the intent and the will and the heart of God so finely, so in tune that I'll have that, 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 the discernment will be a byproduct of a strong prayer life. Amen. And so in this moment, they're having to be led by the Spirit of God. How many times have they walked past this guy? How many times have they seen this guy? How many times have they gone to this temple? How many times? This is nothing new. They're doing something they've done before, but now they're doing it with a different sensitivity, a different empowerment. They've got a discernment that's come upon them. And ultimately what happens is Peter and John simply make themselves available. Weren't able, but available. Now here's the thing. The lame man, he gets more than he asked for, didn't he? He was asking for money asking for alms, asking for the ability just to make it through another day, asking for the ability to, to, to just meet natural needs that would not necessarily sustain him. They would just maintain his course, not change his course, just maintain his course. But now Peter and John go exceedingly above and say, man, we can pull you out of your ailment altogether. But here's the, here's the thing I'm trying to get to this year is behind your miracle is a challenge. You thought getting the miracle was the challenge. That's not a problem. God can meet your need. God can bless you. God can bring favor on you. God can bring miracles to you. But it's the response to the miracle. It's the challenge behind the miracle. Because look what happens here in verse 11, so we see the miracle take place. All the people saw him uh, walking and praising God. They knew that he who sat begging uh, alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, they were filled with wonder and amazement. Man, that's great. Verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's uh, greatly amazed. He's holding on to Peter and John. I'd never seen that before until just recently. Because I just talked about him leaping and praising God. But now what this 
helps us identify is he's having to learn a new way of doing things. He had begging down. Come on. We can get familiar with our deficiency, can't we? We can become familiar with the pain where you almost welcome it, where you would rather be the victim, where you would rather be the one in pain, where you would rather, I I, I mean, I've seen this time and time again that God wants to bless you, God wants to deliver you, but then the challenge of learning the new way of life, because God will bless you, but he's not gonna do it for you. So who do you hold on to after you receive the miracle? Who are you surrounded with? Who are you able to lean on? Who are you able, because you're gonna have to learn how to live with your blessing. See, we thought we had to learn how to live with the problem. Now you've gotta learn how to live with the blessing. That's a, that's a whole new set of instructions. That's a whole new way of doing things. Parameters are different. People aren't just gonna hand you money. You're gonna have to go get yourself a job, bro. Right? You can make your own money now. Look at that. Your legs are working. You're leaping, praising. Yeah, you're gonna have to learn how to do things a little different. It's the challenge behind the miracle. More than you asked for. I was just asking for money. I got my miracle, but now my miracle is brought on even. And have you ever noticed that typically, now I've I've heard it used positively, but most of the time when we say, I got more than I asked for, we usually use that in a negative sense. You ever notice that? It's usually not, I got more than I bargained for. You say it in a tone of, I didn't ask for all this. I didn't want, I just wanted my legs to work. I didn't ask that I needed to go get a job. I didn't ask that people would have different expectations. I just asked for my spouse to start walking in love, but I didn't realize that I was gonna have to walk in love toward them. (laughs) I was asking for God to bring blessing and favor in my finances, but I didn't realize he was gonna ask me to steward over them well, to be a tither and a giver. Hello, it's the challenge behind the mirror. It's, It's a whole different way of thinking. And so you got to recognize I've, when I am being blessed, when I receive the faith, when a miracle happens in my life, the first thing I need to do is I need to find out who to lean on. Because these legs got to learn how to work. Initially, I was leaping and praising, but now I'm like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing? I need to lean on somebody. I got more than I asked for. Now, I want to jump over to Acts chapter 4. And this is a real simple message just to get us started this year. It's a message of faith. I love talk. I mean, obviously, we're Anchor Faith Church, right? We talk a lot about faith. We talk about faith at the end of the year, talk about faith in the end of the, the beginning of the year, the middle of the year. Faith is a great subject to talk about. But when we're talking about expectation, it's going to require and demand some faith. God's kind of expectation. God's kind of expectation. I'm gonna do a message one day called the benefit of the doubt. As you know, doubt had benefits because you don't even start doubting until you get outside yourself. Doubt, now I know the word says that we don't let, let doubt rule and let doubt reign and let doubt in our heart. Mark 11, 23 and 24, it's very clear about that. You don't let, you cannot doubt in your heart. But the fact that there's opportunity for doubt is just an indication you finally got out behind, but, uh, uh, but out of yourself and began to trust and lean on and rely on God. I don't doubt it when, I've, when I can do it. 
I doubt it when God says, this is where I want to take you. And I say, "Woo, that's big. It's the benefit of the doubt. Acts chapter four, verse one. Peter is, is, is so awesome. Acts chapter two and beyond. Before that, you know, he's kind of cocky. Before that, he gets himself in a lot of trouble. Before that, you know, he's opening his mouth just to replace the foot that's in it, uh, you know. But now he's turned into this preacher. He's turned into this guy that is, uh, he's just looking for any opportunity. So the rest of Acts chapter three, after this miracle takes place, man, he's preaching. He talks about the Old Testament. He talks about the signs that pointed to the Messiah. He reminds them, you killed Jesus. This was your fault anyways. And then he reminds them, he calls them to repentance. That's what he does when he ministers. But then Acts chapter four, watch this. You'd think everybody would be rejoicing and excited about this miracle that just took place, about the fact that Jesus has ascended, but these miracles haven't. The miracles stayed. And now we have a bunch of Jesuses walking all over this planet, empowered by the same spirit that empowered him. That's what Jesus wanted. Jesus was, uh, was a son that was planted to produce a harvest of sons. Now look at this in uh, chapter four, verse one. Now, as they spoke to the people, so Peter and John are still going at it, man. Still preaching. The priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. First thing you need to know is not everybody's gonna be as excited about your miracle as you are. Yeah. And you wanna lean on and surround yourself with the people that are and that can help you walk through this new season, but not everybody's gonna be, uh, don't, don't be surprised when they don't respond right away with the text. Don't, re, don't be surprised when they don't respond with, oh man, that's so great, we need to celebrate. Some people may have the wrong response to your miracle. Yeah, might not excite everybody. And it says that it greatly disturbed them. Verse three, and they laid hands on them. And they didn't lay hands on them to pray for them or anoint them. <laughs> not, not the Pentecostal laying on of hands. They laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Well, now Peter and John have gotten more than they asked for. We just came here to pray, God. Then you had to go and lead us by your spirit and direct us to this lame man. And I had to open my big mouth and say, man, I could give you some money, but I got even better than that. I can, I can raise you up by the power of Jesus from Nazareth. Rise up and walk. We've got this miracle. And Man, right as you're rejoicing and enjoying the miracle and the favor and the blessing of God, now what shows up? The challenge. Peter and John are getting more than they bargained for. Now they've caught the attention. Now there were people that were amazed. There were people that were excited. There were people that were thrilled. There were people that were like, man, this is incredible. But then there were people that were greatly disturbed. And they laid hands on them, put them in custody 
until the next day. So here's the thing. We have to recognize that when God's blessing and God's favor, just remember, God can do immeasurably more. But everything he does, even the challenges that follow it, are just more opportunity for God to do what he wants to do. See, I don't get to ask God to bless me and believe God to bless me and then dictate how it goes. That's what we would like to do. Here's the kind of job I want, Lord. And here's what I'm good at and here's what I know how to do. And here's the kind of boss I'd like to work for. And here's the kind of employees I'd like to work with. And, 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 and here's the location. And, and here's the kind of traffic uh, that I'm okay with dealing with. And here's the kind of pay uh, and all the days off that they give you. And we don't, you don't get to dictate those things. God's got a plan. God's orchestrating something. God's trying to do something bigger. I, I heard someone say this one time. Do your prayers involve anybody else? If God answered your prayers today, would it impact anybody else besides you? Oh, that's big picture. That's, that's, that's bigger thinking now. Because, you know, my, my, my prayer life and my wish list and my expectations and my blessings and my promises that I'm standing on, they ought to extend beyond me. They ought to do something within me that allows me now to do something for someone else. Blessed to be a blessing, right? And so God is always, he's orchestrating opportunities to show himself through you. Not to put you up on a pedestal, but to put himself for the glory of the Lord. That's why Jesus, uh, you know, could have immediately gone and healed Lazarus, sure. But what did he do? He waited around. Too, he had already been dead four days. And Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but it is for the glory of the Lord. Why? Because he's thinking six months from now when they put my body in a tomb, I need you to believe I'm coming back. I need people to believe. I need people to know that there's resurrection power. And if he could do it in four, he can definitely do it in three. If anything, it was convincing for Jesus if I can see this man come out of this tomb in four days, I know God's got me. Dad's got me. I'm coming up at this thing. Amen? And so there's always a bigger picture. But now here is verse four. However, everyone say however. You're gonna need some howevers this year. You're gonna need some howevers because they've laid hands on them. They've put them in custody. They're putting them away for a day. They're going, they're going to try them. And, and look, they just crucified Jesus. You know what's going through Peter and John's mind. We get one miracle out the thing and they're taking us out too. Now we know that didn't happen, but what do you think's fresh on their mind? They're standing before the same people that just murdered Jesus, the one they followed. And they didn't care. They could have had Barabbas and they said, no, no, no. We want him crucified. And they made sure that man was put to death. So fresh on their mind. But it says this, however, many of those who heard the word believed. So even though they're in a dire situation, 
because of a miracle. Somebody else is reaping a blessing. So you're gonna have to have some however moments. This is happening right now. However, my kids are in church. This is happening right now. However, I'm able to be a blessing to others. This is happening right now. However, I've got a job. However, we're gonna have to have some however moments in 2020. We just talked about the battles on Sunday. We just talked about how we're gonna fight our battles this year, choosing our battles this year. You gotta choose which battle to fight. You gotta take position. You gotta be, put yourself sometimes in a position of vulnerability to see God's victories. But this is the key, is you're gonna have to keep gratitude on. Gratitude is gonna be of the utmost importance this year. Because there's gonna be some moments, there's gonna be some challenges, there's gonna be some trials, there's gonna be some changes. And God's orchestrating a bigger picture than what's just happening in your life, than just what's happening at your job, than just what, so I I gotta get on my knees and say, Father, I, I need to see the big picture. Show me the however in this situation. However. That's a powerful word. However, many people believed. It even goes on to say, in the number of the men, that's just men. We've already gone through this before. They don't count women and children. I don't know why. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with them. They wrote it. But we're talking upwards of 15 to 20,000 people come into the kingdom right there. it's it's, It's cyclical. There's a challenge, there's a miracle presents another challenge because I can take you on to two more chapters in the beginning of chapter six where now because we have so many believers coming in, we don't have enough to serve them. So they said, we need to find seven men full of the Holy Spirit, good reputation, full of faith. Now those seven men are gonna help minister. So now the disciples are delegating and they're, they're, they're creating more of themselves. But then one of those men happened to be Stephen. Stephen ends up being stoned to death by Saul. But then God ends up meeting Saul, changes his name to Paul. Are you seeing the cycle? Are you seeing what God's trying? Are you seeing the big picture? It all started with a lame man at a gate And all that Peter and John were trying to do was go to the temple to pray. And all these howevers, 15,000 come in. However, we've got to serve them. So we're gonna raise up seven more leaders. We're producing leaders. However, one of them ends up being murdered. But because of his murder, God ends up reaching out. However, are you seeing this? You, you got to keep the big picture this year. Gratitude, thankfulness, understanding that God is orchestrating something, understanding that every scenario and every opportunity that comes your way is a way for him to receive glory and honor and praise. And so what's my expectation this year? God, I've got expectation. God, I'm ramping up my expectation. I don't want to just go through the motion. I don't want to just go to the temple and pray. I don't want to just, just be a husband, just be a wife, just be a parent. God, show me these however moments. Even in the challenges, even in the struggles, even in the times where it doesn't seem like it's good, even when it seems like I'm going backwards, show me the however. 
Show me that. Some of you in 2020 may realize however moments from 2019. May recognize I went through this last year. However, it's made me stronger for this. You seeing how God wants to work in our lives? You seeing how God wants to move? How he's, he, he's, he, you, you are not just merely going through life and God is walking this thing out step by step. It says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. That means they're put in order. They're never out of order. It might feel like they're out of order. It might feel like you're going backwards, but they are in order to accomplish his will, to accomplish his plan. And man, I'm just so thankful God is more interested in his plan than my preference. I know sometimes I wish he would yield to my preference just a little bit. But I'm thankful that he doesn't sit down with me. And because if it were up to my preference, we would never make the difference he's called us to be. Right? No, he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's orchestrating. He knows what he's doing. And so God, I, I, I'm, not try, I'm not here to tell you how. I'm not here to tell you when. I'm not here to tell you who. I'm not here to tell you what. You just show me however. This is happening, but however. This took place, however. And I'm gonna continue to believe. What would you be willing to go through to see someone else delivered? What would you be willing to endure to see someone else victorious? Isn't that what Paul said? Man, I'm betwixt between the two. I, to, to go on and be with the Lord, man, that sounds awesome. But to stay here with you and to encourage you, no, I need to remain. I'm gonna endure for your deliverance. Not, not for my deliverance. He's writing this from a, pra- a, a prison cell, a jail. He's not writing this from a cushy five-star hotel room on a ministry trip. He's not driving a Mercedes around and collecting, you know, honorariums. He is right. He's doing, no one even, most of the people disregarded even the investment he made. There were times that he even wrote in some of the books and said, I haven't heard from so-and-so. I'd love to see so-and-so. Please send so-and-so to me when next time. He's having to reach out to them. And he's the one making all the investment. But he did what? He endured for someone else's benefit. I'm thankful he, he, he stuck around long enough to write Philippians because it's blessing me. I'm thankful he stuck around long enough to write First and Second Timothy because he wasn't just writing to Timothy. He, st- he was writing to me. It's there for my benefit. It's there for my encouragement. When he writes, study to show yourself approved. When he writes, I've kept the faith. I've ran the race. That's blessing me. 2,000 plus years later, his endurance, his sticking it through, however. So what could your however do for somebody else? I, 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 just, I guess I'm posing a question to, to, to launch this year. What could your however do for someone else? What could your however be? And let God work and move through that. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. 
There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.